0: All right, creatures of the night! Welcome to episode 108 of Talking Taker, our encyclopedic exploration digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time. My name is Alex Dorno, and I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. And I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, my co-host, the Snitsky to my Heidenreich, Mr. <laughs> Travis White. <laughs> Travis, I'm no. not
1: sure
0: which one's words. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry about it, man. I'm just here. I'm here in my tights and my pads and gloves, full gear, man. And I'm ready to talk taker. How about you?
1: I'm good, man. I'm ready. I'm smelling somebody else's feet. I got my yellow teeth, not brushed. I got my goatee <laughs> braided, and I also shaved my head. I look like a baby cane. So, yeah, yeah I'm ready to go, man. So like you just kick this? your
0: baby down the hallway?
1: I did. Just kicked her <laughs> straight to bed. So, <laughs> just punted her down the hallway. Straight to bed.
0: Well, of course, folks, we are here to talk Heidenreich yet again. We're kicking off 2005 with the 2005 Royal Rumble and our first casket match in a long time. Hold yeah. on to your belt buckle, Frog Legs. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> I forgot about that. This our first uh, Royal Rumble
1: casket match since, what, 98? So yes. We had 94 and 98, so here we go.
0: Oddly enough, he's had three casket matches in <laughs> Royal Rumble history. I didn't realize that, so I was thinking about it for this episode. Oh, that's
1: crazy. Plus, we, hadn't seen a, we didn't see a casket match the entire uh, Biker Taker run, so this is kind of fun to go back and revisit that, you know, old persona and old gimmick matches from those times. So it'll be kind of fun to, well, it might be kind of fun to run through this. We'll see.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I would say, you know, uh, uh, to quote the uh, artists that I used in our podcast last week, it's been a long December and uh, really a long 2004. And yeah. Maybe there's reason to believe this year will be better than the last, but not quite yet. <laughs> not, not to start <laughs> off with. Maybe we'll get there.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't know that in January of five that <laughs> things could get better. So, but.
0: <clears throat> but I do love casket matches, man. I, 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 maybe Hell in a Cell is probably the best Undertaker-related matches, quality-wise. But for me, man, I just have nostalgia for the casket matches. Uh, that's what I, that was like the peak of my youth was seeing him uh, put yokozuna in the casket match and kamala so that's just oh, something yeah. it's so over the top but yet i just buy into it with the casket match man i, I don't know why
1: absolutely it's fun it's fun it's a nice change of pace especially with old right here so it's fun to add a gimmick here so
0: well let's get into talking about it man we won't waste any more of your time we of course going through every single undertaker pay-per-view match one match at a time, and we left off with 2004. We finished it off with Armageddon in that big, fatal four-way match, and The Undertaker looked like he was rolling to victory, but, of course, was interrupted for the second time in the past few months in a title match by Heidenreich, who at least he didn't run him over with a Bronco this time, Travis. but uh, true. He did, He did cost him the match here, and as you can imagine, uh, things are going to only heat up from there as we... Take the time travel and to December 16th, 2004, Smackdown here. And The Undertaker, um, chalk it up on your uh, bingo card, he's got the night off tonight.
1: A <laughs> <So, laughs> little PTO. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's got to cash it in before the end of the year, man.
1: Exactly. And
0: uh, he's about to travel out of the country the next week, too. So That's true. You know, he's got to spend some extra time at home. and Tori Wilson's gonna remind us that Undertaker is, uh, er, and and the rest of the SmackDown crew is going to Iraq uh, next yes, year in her uh, <laughs> Auntie Sam outfit, not Uncle Sam. I don't know what you would call that, but uh, yeah, I don't know Aunt Samantha. <laughs> Aunt Samantha, I guess. <laughs> I don't need to call it anything. Dude, that could be I a just need to enjoy right it right
1: there. Aunt Samantha. <laughs> She'd be like a female Uncle Sam. That'd be awesome. All right. Well, maybe Lacey Evans can do that if she wants to. Wow. <laughs> so. And Samantha. Got it.
0: Well, uh, from beauty to the beast, as Heidenreich runs out of the crowd right after that, and he sends Michael Cole scurrying away. So at least Cole, you know, he's keeping continuity. He's scared of Heidenreich every time he comes out. (laughs) uh,
1: I do like that.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's pretty funny. Uh, Heidenreich, he takes a seat in the ring and pulls a piece of paper out of his wrestling gear. Because, of course, when Heidenreich comes out, you know he's going to be in his gear.
1: Ugh, drive me crazy. Don't get me started. It's going to be so much, so much here.
0: Doesn't have a match, just in the audience and gloves and tights and knee pads and all that. Yeah. Uh, And no Paul Heyman, interestingly enough. We're not going to see Paul Heyman here for a little while. Uh, It's kind of weird, but he hops into the ring and uh, has a little poetry smackdown for us. And uh, let me see if I can, uh, let me see if I can impersonate Heidenreich a little bit. The Undertaker has reigned supreme for so long, but things are changing with Heidenreich's dawn. His bell would toll and all the time would draw near. Opponents' hearts would tremble with uncontrollable fear. But there is no fear in the heart of Heidenreich, whose sole purpose for living is the destruction of life. A megalomaniac has taken control and has shown the dead man his time is running low. Taker has beaten me once, but I got him twice, costing him the championship gold. Two triumphs for Heidenreich. Takers never faced one quite like me. Twisted, depraved, and at peace with insanity. The time is drawing near for us to meet. The second clash is coming, but who will taste defeat? And that was a poem by Heidenreich.
1: Very good, very good. Who would taste defeat? That would be Snitsky.
0: (laughs) <laughs> you know. Thanks, Conan. Oh, Brian. I was going for more earnest there, but uh, <laughs> I'll take it. Oh, you
1: yeah. know what? The only problem I have with that is that he says you never faced anyone like me, but he just defeated him last month. Oh yeah, <laughs> <In> yeah. November <laughs> defeated him. Faced someone just
0: like you. <laughs> <laughs> And as we've oh. mentioned before, I think in that episode where we last talked about him at, uh, what was that, No Mercy, that's kind of the problem with all this is that Taker beat him clean in the first match, and so yeah. why? Like, why are we continuing on with this? Like, I'm not mad that Heidenreich never defeated the Undertaker, but no. if you wanted to keep this feud going, you got to have it be a double DQ or a countout or give Heidenreich some sort of screwy win. It's just like, sure. you can't take him seriously.
1: Oh, yeah, no. And remember last week, uh, although the SmackDown before, uh, what was it, Survivor Series, he said that he was never, not or not never coming back to SmackDown. You know? right. Like Let's let's go back <laughs> to those days. Cause...
0: If only we could, bro. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, we do find out from Teddy Long later on that at, at some point in the future, I guess at the Royal Rumble, that... Now, you two know that Heidenrack wants The Undertaker real, real bad. So you know what, dawg? I'm going to give Heidenrack just what he wants. Because next week, Titan Rack will go one on one with the Undertaker Oh-ho! right here on SmackDown from the Middle East. How about that, Les? And yeah. I believe that's the. We've been saying it every time we've seen Teddy Long on screen, but this is the first time you and I noticed that we heard it in that essential Teddy Long phrasing that we all know and love and make fun of so much.
1: Oh yeah, this was yeah, this was the first one on a broadcast that we can hear, that we can recall, but yeah, we, like I said, you and I have been saying it every time just because it's fun, but uh, yeah, here it was, There's was the debut, it was uh, right before Christmas of 04 there, so pretty cool. A,
0: a historic Smackdown, and really, the next episode of Smackdown is truly a historic one, and a really fun one to talk about.
1: Yeah, it is, it's a Smackdown, uh, December 23rd, 04, and um, I can't remember if it was filmed... I forgot to look up when it was filmed if it was filmed right after that Smackdown that you just covered or not I mean obviously it wasn't live from Decrete, Iraq but um it yeah, was filmed before it was yeah Yeah. well this is Christmas in Iraq and I think this is the second annual tribute to troops I believe um and sometimes they call it tribute to troops and sometimes they wouldn't call it that back then but um say what you want about WWE and some of their choices and their decisions or politics or this or that or whatever but like this was always something cool don't care what side of the fence you're on politically again a little less divisive in 2004 than things are nowadays and we're not going to get into politics here but like you know this was very very cool to go over there and to do these shows for the troops uh and I, i believe wasn't jbl one of the like for a shoot one of the guys that spearheaded this thing like backstage
0: he was, yeah. I think he was the one who came up with the idea and pitched yeah. it and all that. So you know, we give him a lot of crap, and we've come to appreciate him more from sure. watching this. But we still give him a lot of crap. But uh, it's cool. You see him during this show a lot. He's the champ, and he's getting yeah. to interact with the troops. And you know, it's just it's really cool to see him like that, and to see how much uh, this means to the superstars. Uh, and you, you can tell how much it means to the troops too. And. Um, you know, our friend, we had a friend that got to see one of these shows back. I don't know if it was one of these episodes or something, but he was over there when the troops visited one time and talked about how awesome it was. And he's not even a big wrestling fan.
1: No, he wasn't at all. But yeah, he did get to, um, he came away with some swag and still haven't seen that yet, by the way, Todd. (laughs) But anyway, but yeah, he, um, he did get to go to one of these. So it's pretty cool. But yeah. And then basically, you know, they're glorified house shows. It's all happy endings for the, for the troops and for the fans. It's not like a bunch of storytelling. It's, you know, but it's just fun and it's just cool to see them giving back to the troops uh, at this point. So, and it's anyway. one of
0: the most unique visuals you will oh, ever yeah. see, too. It's it's so cool uh, to yeah. see them out in the middle of the desert doing a wrestling show yeah. with all this, uh, with all the military around them. It's pretty neat.
1: It really is cool, man. Especially as we're going to talk about here for this particular match. I'm going to talk about real quick is um, very, very surreal almost. So. Well, Heidenreich comes out without Paul Heyman or a straight jacket, so we've already lost that. I guess neither one of those can make the flight to um to Iraq, but we get a little bit, you know, recapping his um interference from Armageddon and how he's cost Taker the title twice now, and then Taker's music hits and the troops go bananas, man. They are they love yeah. some Taker. Because you gotta think a lot of these guys are probably just, you know, kind of lapsed fans that have been watching and they're over, They remember the dead man, you know. They they skipped out the biker taker era, you know. So they hear that music and they're uh, they're pumped for some taker. But then there's no smoke really. There's no lights down. It's just broad daylight, and taker comes out without all his uh, pomp and circumstance. You know, he just he doesn't have his hat or his trench coat or any of that. So very uh, different to see here as we're going through the um, phases of his career. But it's really neat. Really neat to see that even though he's, he still has that aura about him. Yeah. You know, and really, despite that, you, you don't need the lights off and all that stuff. You know, he still has that even without it. So that's pretty cool. So, um, and I guess we've only seen him entering daylight here on the show here since, uh, what, back in summer, SummerSum 92? Would that um, have been.
0: I think he was in the dark hey, for that you? one, but like WrestleMania nine. Was that dark WrestleMania nine? Yeah, yeah, yeah that comes that's out what I meant. I mean. Sorry. Yeah.
1: Yep. That's exactly what I meant. Yeah, I said the wrong the wrong date. Yeah, WrestleMania nine would have been it. And then we'll cover him again with against Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania thirty, whatever that was. So. Oh yeah,
0: yeah.
1: That was daylight as well, but yeah. Well, not not too many here on talking Take that we're going to cover, but really cool to see that here. But um, anyway, um, he kind of walks at a very really brisk pace too to get to the to the ring, but um. Anyway, and pardon me, there actually is smoke. It comes up from, like, the stairs when he gets on the the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the corner. So it's really neat. Um, they, so they did, again, <clears throat> this echoes back to episode one of Talking Taker, the production they put into this guy, <laughs> even to take smoke machine or dry ice or whatever, find dry ice. At
0: in the, Iraq. <laughs> in,
1: yeah, exactly. I'm <laughs> saying? Like, to make him have this. Like, it just goes to show you how much uh, he means to the company. So, anyway, nice little touch um but uh taker immediately goes after heidenreich and the troops are so pro taker here and he hits old school hits the pto gets two count and um commentary are discussing the respect that taker has for the troops and vice versa here which is kind of neat to see them because it's Mm kind of like breaking down the fourth wall there because you wouldn't really talk about the dead man having respect for the troops but like they're kind of breaking that fourth wall here and it's pretty neat
0: yeah, and it's definitely, it's got to be the most unique setting for an Undertaker match yeah. I think we'll ever cover. Just to, oh, yeah. Yeah, to see a full crowd and their army fatigues surrounding yeah. him and cheering <laughs> for him. And, you know, they're going to kind of get into the action here towards the end here a little bit, too, with Aiden, right?
1: oh yeah they are so and taker basically hits all his signature spots again this is a glorified house show so you got the big stuff that's in the crown home happy and uh again i can't put over how much the troops love taker here so they're chanting tombstone 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 so that's what they remember you know from their childhood so he goes for a joke slam instead though which is kind of funny <laughs> so and uh hiding right knees out of it and leaves the ring and He's kind of attempting to leave through the crowd, um, and Jimmy Corderas counts him out, and the troops boo Heidenreich uh, tremendously. They hate that he's trying to leave, and that they didn't get to see, you know, a full on match. And um,
0: they don't let him out either. Like, they don't want to let him. He's literally through, yeah. trying to leave through the crowd, and they yeah. block him from <laughs> jumping into him.
1: Yeah, they like won't let him go through. They didn't. They, these aren't plants in the audience. These are <laughs> legit troops. Yeah. No, they won't let him by. So it's pretty cool. So the match ends in a count-out victory for Undertaker. So kind of a screwy thing. So the story must continue and go on. And um, one little thing I want to mention too is that throughout the night they're showing, like you mentioned earlier, glimpses of the superstars and the wrestlers with the the uh, troops, and you can see a little bit of Taker with them too. He's kind of basically looks like the American BA. He's just himself. But it was kind of neat to see that, and then even show it during this time period on TV was kind of kind of different. So. Yeah. It was a fun little show, man. Fun little show.
0: I agree, man. It was cool to go back and watch it. and Yeah. And, you know, they still do it to this day. They don't travel overseas anymore, but they still do the shows from the Army base at Christmas time mm-hmm. every year. And, you know, it doesn't get big ratings and it doesn't have great matches, but it's a, just a great gesture and a, and a great thing. Yeah. Probably the best thing they do every year. So really, really neat uh, to, to see Undertaker be a part of it. And as you said, you could tell it meant a lot to him to be there. Uh, and I wish it meant as much to us to, to be talking about Heidenreich, but here we go. Smackdown, uh, back to back to normalcy here on December 30th, 2004. Uh, we get a recap of, of all this stuff that happened in Iraq, and uh, graphic telling us officially that Heidenreich will be taking on Undertaker at the Royal Rumble here in a few weeks. And for some reason, Teddy Long is going to allow Undertaker (laughs) to decide the stipulation here. That's his boy, you know, I guess that's why. His B.O.Y. boy. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, So Heidenreich, he's going to come out to the ring later on the show and say he's not... In his gear! Uh, Excuse me. (laughs) Sorry. I do. Heidenreich's going to come out in his gear, full (laughs) gear. And again, no (laughs) Heyman this week uh, and the straight jacket. That's totally been ditched. But... (laughs) Heinrich's going to say that he is not afraid of The Undertaker, you know, despite running away from him out of fear last week and <laughs> right. every other time. <laughs> but he's a heel, you know, you can get away with that. He uh, he starts, he says, I, I stared death in the face and I came back for more and starts yelling at the crowd and yelling at the announcers. He's going crazy. He says, I fear nothing. I fear no one. I I spared The Undertaker last week, and I fear no man living or dead. And as you can imagine, Q, <laughs> El Hombre Muerto, the dead man right there. <laughs> we'll hear the gong, and Heidenreich, for his credit, he starts screaming, he's not afraid, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid, and we just hear Taker's voice. Heidenreich, your final resting place has been chosen. At the Royal Rumble, you will rest in peace. And that's going to cue some uh, dollar store druids coming out and uh, dragging the casket out into the arena for the first time in a long time. And that... Brings Heidenreich to his knees. He uh, appears truly terrified by all of this, and he starts inching towards the casket as as they have it out there. And he's he's talking to himself, saying it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. He's just being a psychopath, basically. And um, he finally lifts the lid up, and we hear the gong again, and the dead man himself, the Undertaker, sits up out of the casket, and. That's a pretty famous uh, clip, pretty famous gif you'll see a oh, lot. Yeah. Um, and it gets a huge reaction from the crowd, man. It totally works. Every time they do oh, yeah. a, a gimmick like this, it, it works every time.
1: <laughs> it's flawless.
0: Um, he turns to Heidenreich, does that classic signature, just neck turn that uh, Undertaker does, swivels his head, and Heidenreich just backs up out of fear, stumbles out of the ring. and, um, You know, Travis, if you had to guess... Through all of that, uh, w- w- what kind of match do you think Undertaker would be signaling for here with the, all this symbolism?
1: Well, basing off of Michael Cole's investigative journalism, he's uh, not so subtly. It's like,
0: Could this mean the match at the Rumble A casket match?
1: I wonder if Taker has chosen a casket match at the Royal Rumble. <laughs>
0: it's like,
1: hmm, you think, moron?
0: I don't know how we'll
1: ever get to the bottom of that mystery. Oh, uh, yeah, it's ridiculous, man. Like, how does he not see that? Like, it's – oh, he drives me crazy. Cole does back in the day here.
0: Sherlock drives Cole. Drives nuts.
1: <laughs> oh, Sherlock Cole indeed, man. And, man, I, I do like the visual of that, but, man, I just – Heidenwreck sucks, dude. Like, I just can't <laughs> take this guy. I'm so sorry. I try to be positive, but he is killing me. Watching all this Heidenwreck stuff is just – Oh, he's so bad. He's so green. It's not his fault. Like they shouldn't. He should not have been. And we talked about last week about some of these characters that are there and they're just kind of put on TV because there are no big names anymore. And you got to get people. Only way to get people over is to give them a chance. But like when it doesn't get over, just quit. <laughs> I don't know. I'm with you, man. Yeah. That's gonna take us to next week, SmackDown. Uh, we're entering January now. So January sixth, two thousand and five. So we are into two thousand and five now, and. Um, Heidenreich is backstage at SmackDown here telling somebody off screen that he's like, I know I can count on you. I, and, and those that know him or excuse me, those that know me know that I fear nothing, but there's one thing that I cannot stand. And that's caskets. Wow. <laughs> what, what are the, the odds? odds of that? <laughs> Out of all that he's
0: not afraid of,
1: the one thing he's afraid of is the one thing his opponent uses for mind games. It's
0: like Kamala, The Undertaker, Mabel. Man, so many people are afraid of caskets.
1: Diesel's dead body inside. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, man, it's amazing how all of Undertaker's opponents just suddenly become afraid of caskets when the story needs it to be.
0: I, I did look this up, though, Travis, because I think we okay. joked before that like, I'd never known anyone to be afraid of caskets, but... It is a thing. It's called, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it's called ferritrophobia, I believe. Ferritrophobia right. is the fear of caskets or, or burials, and it is a legitimate fear, apparently. It has a name, and uh, I guess Heidenreich is a sufferer of it, man. He's he's one of dozens. One of dozens, exactly.
1: <laughs> Wasn't Ryan Reynolds in some movie where he got buried alive? Uh, he, like he The was. whole movie's like him and the GoPro. Yeah, or yeah. <laughs>
0: I Couldn't know, Could be worse. They should remake that. <laughs> remake it. <laughs>
1: no, no. it will make even less money. But anyway, um, WWE films. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, so yeah. Wouldn't you know? His his only fear is Casket. So, by golly, we're gonna exploit that here for the next three weeks. So, and uh, turns out it's Paul Heyman. He's talking to you. the camera. Kind of pans back, and we see Heyman. He's taking his. I guess he took like Hanukkah, and like seriously, I mean, I'm not being silly. He may have taken the time for Hanukkah off and stuff because. Uh, that's the end of the year. so. But uh, anyway, he may have a little bit of PTO stored up too as well. So he's going to need his working shoes here coming up soon. But um, So he says, you know, I'll have this casket match stipulation chain for Royal Rumble. So later on we see Paul Heyman and Hayden Wright talking with Teddy Long. And he's like, I want you to reconsider this abhorrent match with Taker at Royal Rumble. And I just love – Paul Heyman's vocabulary like the word abhorrent is great you that's not a Vince word that's a Paul <laughs> Heyman word I love it so
0: well, it's great enjoy it while it lasts because it's about to go away
1: that's true well Heyman is he's basically talking about the casket match talking about he just runs you through like you know you got to beat your opponent up, and then you got to put him in there and you close the casket and they're locked in there. and he's giving it in very Paul Heyman descriptive ways and dragging it out but only Heyman can do that you know but as he's explaining all these things, you know, closing the lid, Heidenreich's getting more and more freaked out. He sees his his uh freaked outness is peaking basically. He's and uh, basically Haman's like, you know, change the casket match and Teddy's like, you know, Heidenreich can have the option to change the stipulation if he can beat the Undertaker tonight. But it'll be a handicap match. With, with Paul Heyman teaming up with him. So Heyman is now freaking out because he's going to be in the ring with his public enemy. Number one, the undertaker who has been tormenting for the last, what three years. Yeah. So, basically. So this is going to be a neat little, little twist here on this feud. So I do appreciate what's to come here. So, uh, later on, we see another backstage with hide and right, punching a concrete wall in his gear. And, uh, Heyman comes up, he's like, you know, we're, we're next. And uh, again, he says, Heidmer's like, I'm not afraid of anything but caskets. So, again, and it's just a funny little moment here. Heyman's like, I'm, I'm not afraid of anything, anybody. It's just that casket. John, if you win this handicap match tonight for us, You'll never have to worry about that casket stipulation at the Royal Rumble again. Because if you beat The Undertaker tonight in this handicap match,
0: we get to pick the stipulation for your match against Undertaker at Royal Rumble. Okay? And just so that you know, so that we understand, if Theodore Long didn't order this match, I was going to volunteer to fight by your side tonight. Because I believe in you.
1: Just being a slimy little heel, I just, I do love... Heyman's slime ness uh, It's not even a word, but I'd love it.
0: And he makes up for Heidenreich being in his full gear because he's going to come out to wrestle in <laughs> his suit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no gear.
1: Yes. Exactly, yeah. Heidenreich is out there and Heyman's in his suit and Taker comes out with his usual entrance and uh, Cole and Taz are recapping everything that, you know, Heidenreich and Heyman have put Taker through over the past few months. And,
0: and Taz, Taz ludicrously says on commentary that... Well, this match ought to be just as good as Ray Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero from earlier tonight.
1: <laughs> Holy crap!
0: I can't believe Holy. he said that with a straight face.
1: Wow, his frog legs must have been cattywampus to <laughs> yeah. <for> that point.
0: <laughs> B- <laughs> buckle up, frog legs.
1: Dude, how could this be hold a candle to Ray and Eddie? That's ridiculous.
0: Different strokes, man.
1: I guess, man. So, but did this match basically, it's it's Hide and risk Taker, and you know, it, in a Weird change of pace. Taker's using lots of arm drags and lots of like really quick offense here. But I absolutely the star of this match is Paul Heyman holding the tag rope. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> holding on to the tag rope like he's actually going to get in the match. So, oh, I absolutely love that little that little touch there. It's great. So. Um, anyway, towards the, toward the end of the match, Taker uh, gets on his knee. And the match is not over, but he motions to the ramp, you know, in his Shakespeare pose. And we get that Gregorian chant, the Latin chanting, and the purple lights and smoke. And two sets of Druids are going to bring out – excuse me, two sets of rented Druids are going to bring out <laughs> two caskets. We assume one's going to be for Hangman and one's for Heidenreich. So I believe investigative journalist Michael Cole helps us nail that right on the head
0: thanks cole
1: yeah and um heidenreich is basically going bananas in the ring he's going absolutely nuts because again he's scared of them only and uh taker raises his hands and the casket lids are going to lift up once they make it to the ringside so heidenreich in this moment of just pure insanity he just freaks out and Tags Heyman in, who's already in the ring. They're like in the ring together. He's not even holding tags (laughs) on. Not a legal tag. Yeah. He tags Paul Heyman and then just pie faces him down to the the mat. And uh, (laughs) in a a moment that echoes back to the tribute to the troops, uh, Heidenreich bells out the ring and goes to leave. And Taker does a quick head turn that he's so good at and locks Heyman in his sights. And Heyman is. Doing his best, Paul Heyman, begging off, and Taker takes him to Tombstone City, and then rolls that fat penguin into the casket, slams the lid down, and the music hits, and the purple lights go on. So I guess it's technically a not really a win. Uh, right. I don't know. I guess it's a win. I'm not really sure. It's a no because contest. Because it wasn't I guess. a casket match, but yeah. it was, I, uh, anyway. I think if you get w- stuffed
0: on- in a casket, you lose. In any match. Yeah. yeah,
1: basically. <laughs> and all that really means is that Heidenreich didn't win, so he doesn't get to choose. He doesn't get to yeah. change the stipulation, you know, so but um
0: I'll tell you what, dude. I'm surprised by how many tombstones we've seen Paul Heyman take. Like I gotta, gotta <laughs> give it up <a>, another <laughs> thing to praise him about, man. He takes a friggin' tombstone like a champ.
1: He does. Well, I'll tell you what, buddy. Unfortunately that's gonna be the last one we're gonna see for a while. Because in a bit of I guess, um, I don't know uh, irony, and that Taker is putting his biggest rival to rest. Um, he's putting his Paul Heyman's going to be gone from the company for a little bit, or at least from this part of uh, the company for a little while. Because uh, just take a little side trip with me here. Um, Heyman has told this uh, story on Austin's podcast, and I think it's on his DVD as well.
0: Mm-hmm. He talks
1: about yeah. how he was he was on the you know writing team, and he would listen in to his conference calls, and basically he would just leave his cell phone plugged in. Uh, so we will be charging, and he was on the conference call for Raw and then for SmackDown. You're supposed to beep in when you're supposed to. But anyway, long story short, he forgot he, he would listen in on the Raw cause and his phone wasn't plugged in this time. So it, it it died, and when it died, the conference call said, so-and-so has left, con- has left a call. Well, they found out it was Heyman who left, and they got mad at him for listening in on the – on the Raw conference call, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, actually, I wasn't listening. And he wasn't lying because he actually fell asleep. Turns out he'd been listening the prior six weeks to all the the creative for Raw. (laughs) So he didn't lie in that he wasn't uh, listening to this particular night, but he did – he did listen to the previous like month and a half's worth of creative for Raw and that's how he helped write SmackDown. So uh 'cause it was a real like, you know, brand split that then, like as far as creative teams. So but anyway, so I thought it was pretty funny and he gets canned and uh Taker just happens to put him out for a while by shoving him into a casket. So I thought that was kinda neat.
0: And how unbelievable is it that he is running Monday Night Raw in <laughs> two thousand nineteen <laughs> after all that.
1: He's the executive producer. For-
0: 15, 14 years later. I mean, it's easy to forget, but, like, the way you would read stuff online, it seemed like he was blackballed, basically, after that, like, you never thought he'd be back, and then, you know, all the ECW stuff happens, and, Mm -hmm. you know, he's kind of there, pretty much on and off from then on. Um, Yeah. Yeah, has a couple different runs, but, yeah, crazy and unfortunate that The Undertaker's greatest rival is gonna uh, go by the wayside here, but... Obviously. Well, fortunate
1: for Heidenreich too, because that's all that was helping keep him afloat. Yeah, seriously,
0: <laughs> but Heyman is Undertaker's greatest rival, and we will talk about him in the future, of course. Sure, so he will be back. Um, and there's not much going on the next SmackDown, uh, uh, January 13th. Though for Taker and Heidenreich, both have the night off, uh, so they we just see a little video package of their feud and. Uh, So I'm going to skip over that one. uh, I will note one thing on here, just a funny note, that uh, Kurt Angle has been doing these uh, Open Challenges, uh, on the Olympic Open Challenges or whatever, every week. And he wrestles on this show in 2005, one of the stars of the NXT brand nowadays, a young kid by the name of Roderick Strong. So that's a fun little note.
1: It was neat to see him on there and see how pudgy he used to be. <laughs> Roddy Strong is good. He's a good utility worker. So anyway, kind Oh, man, that's great.
0: Yeah. Uh, so instead, I will take my time, Travis, if you don't mind. I, I don't really want to do this, but I, I, I watched some footage from a shoot interview from Mr. John Heidenreich uh, earlier this week in, in prepping for oh, this. Oh, my and, word. Yeah. I, <laughs>
1: I should pay you more.
0: <laughs> I, really, I need some overtime to pay for that. Some PTO. PTO. But I, I hate to do this, but I, I I'm gonna kind of make us feel a little bit bad for making fun of Heidenreich, man. I, oh, I'm kind of kind of humanize him a little bit here. But All right. uh, you can find What's this here? clip on YouTube, and we'll post it on our social media as well. It's like six or seven minutes of uh, Heidenreich talking about Undertaker. I think it's from 2017, and man, like. He just, Heidenreich just seems like, he just seems like a nice guy, man. He just, like, really, like, easy going and chill and, and happy go lucky in this video. And, um, it, he, he talks seriously about his injuries and says, like, I'm 48 years old and I have to walk with a cane every day. Like, he played football for a long time and then right. wrestled for, you know, longer than we saw him in WWE. But he's like, yeah. And, and like, he's, I think he's got, got sunglasses on but it looks like he's got a black eye from from something else too i'm sure he's had some concussions so, you know uh, it's rough it's rough uh, a little bit but he just he just seems like and he was real um he, he he you could tell he loved working with undertaker and respected him so much as he was talking about him he said that was his favorite part of being in wwe it's a dream come true to work with him and sure and he just you know helped him out so much along the way uh, he talks about that tribute to the troops show specifically, and uh, he's like, and just says that was uh, his his favorite match. Probably is just to be there. It was just an honor to be there with the troops, and talks about how cold it was out there. Like, which I didn't realize, but oh, said yeah. it was like below freezing, and they were just—he's out there in his in his underwear. That's <laughs> <Basically>. gear, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Got to stay true to the gimmick. Dude. Yeah,
0: backfired on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But he said he was legitimately on that show. He was supposed to exit through the crowd, and he they would not let him out. Oh, and he just had that's to like awesome. improvise and, and go back through the the entrance because that's been his gimmick, kind of, is going through the crowd right. on a lot of these shows. But like he, he said, I couldn't get through them, man. They were just they wouldn't let me in.
1: Oh, that's pretty funny. That's and pretty
0: funny. oddly enough, man, he actually says that this whole fear caskets thing that was a shoot. Like he really? suggested that cause he is deathly afraid of caskets. He says his, I think he says brother died at a young age and like at that oh, funeral, okay. it just like terrified him seeing his brother in the casket. And like ever since then he's never wanted to be around him. So he's like, you know, all that stuff I was, I was doing that, like I was, I was playing into my real fears and, and doing all this stuff. And, um, he, it's kind of, kind of interesting, man, to hear him say it from that perspective and. I mean, we're not going to stop making fun of him for the rest no, of the episode. No, no, by no means. <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> but, you but, know... yeah, that is neat.
0: For real, though, we, we're we obviously, we're not wrestlers. We say that all the time, and we have the utmost respect for um, 99% of the guys we talk about. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. The show. Anybody Don't who me goes me into the wrestling this, business. Yeah, none
1: of this is actually... No, this hatred is toward the man John Heidmeyer. It's toward this the fact that he's on the screen. Like, yeah, the that, yeah, his character sucks and his works kind of suck, you know. But it is what it is. Yeah. So.
0: But watching but stuff is, like that, it reminds you, like, man, these guys sacrifice so much, and, and they're human, and he he seems like a genuinely good guy. Um, so it, it's it's cool to see that aspect of him as we uh, tear apart his wrestling skills here.
1: <laughs> yeah, from limb to limb.
0: Yeah. So. Um, and he said some interesting stuff about Snitsky as well that I'll save uh, for the end of the podcast as a little teaser. Stay tuned,
1: baby. Stay tuned, stay tuned baby. <laughs> Hot take for Snitsky coming your way. I'm excited because I did not watch this.
0: It's not um, that great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, that'll take us to uh, SmackDown on January 20th, 04. And, um. In a funny little bit here. Carlitos coming back to the uh, the show, and he's comes out with a petition to try to get G- Teddy Long ousted as GM, which is kind of funny because he actually got some people in the audience to sign it. So <laughs> I'm not sure
0: <laughs> I what at happened that. there. Yeah.
1: yeah, that was pretty funny. But um,
0: but the is there yadi- anything yeah. more boring than the storyline where someone's trying to get a GM fired? Like, how many times have we no. seen that, and it's never. Entertaining um, at all.
1: The one time I thought it was going to be good was the whole the CM Punk Triple H stuff. Remember that? That was the one time I thought it was going to be good, and yeah. they managed to blow that up too.
0: <laughs> they managed to ruin that because they brought in uh. Kevin Nash in 2011.
1: <laughs> and text messages from his sister and all that <laughs> <kind of> stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the <man>. boy. <laughs> Anyway, so, yeah, yada, yada, we want to get him fired. Hyden Wright comes out to the ring in his wrestling gear again, and he comes in and just straight up signs the petition and says, you know, he's he'd like to get Teddy fired, too, because he's mad about this casket match, you know, his character is. And uh, But as he's getting ready to sign this thing, the crowd is chanting, rest in peace, rest in peace. That well, thought it was pretty cool, man. Cause yeah. I don't remember hearing that for a while. No, we haven't. So, we used to hear it back in the early 90s all the time, you know, the – Creatures of the Night, and Paul Bear used to get the crowd out there, Mr. Mister Bear's Opus. That's right. he get the crowd chanting that, but um, we haven't had him. he has been buried six feet under in a concrete crypt, so we don't have that, you know, but... Um, We're about to get crowd. another
0: throwback to the 90s here with this oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> little angle.
1: Absolutely. So, um, again, like I said, he interrupts, and Hydra uh, interrupts, and we get the rest in peace chance. and uh, he reminds us he's not afraid of take her, but caskets... I hate caskets. He's just over the top, man.
0: Cartoon villain.
1: Yeah, he really is, man. And uh, the lights go out, the bell tolls, purple lights go up, and Tegger pops up on the screen. And uh, he's like, he's got a little promo here. the hourglass will be empty and on that day you will meet your maker and your maker will bring you face to face with your greatest fear and the camera pans back here to reveal He's standing next to a casket, which is pretty cool and definitely a throwback to the early nineties, mid nineties here. So and Taker's gonna open the lid and inside is Heidenreich, not in his wrestling gear, but in his burial clothes. (laughs) So the only time we get to see him not in it is when he's dead in a casket.
0: Why would he not be buried in his wrestling clothes at this point?
1: I don't know. That's Ah. how you could tell it. Well, that's how you could tell it wasn't the real man because mm. Michael Cole is going to tell us that is a – what did he say? Like a wax a, a figure of A lifelike dummy. Yeah, a lifelike dummy wax figure of John Heidenreich. No, idiot. It's a pre-tape. <laughs> it's,
0: it's not real. That's like, okay. Yeah. You can't ruin um, the magic.
1: No, I know, I know, I know, I know. But um, no, he's like, you know – Taker's gone to the trouble to get a wax figurine cut and John Hyde and Mike and put put some, uh, you know, clothes on him. You know, it made, it's like a big deal. I guess I that's easier for us to
0: believe. I didn't think about him having to go to the trouble of procuring this. Oh, Madame Tussaud and get him to make a wax figurine. Monsieur Taker's wax museum. <laughs> exactly.
1: That's not, Michelle McCool you... can stretch and make wax figures. <laughs>
0: we knew he built caskets i didn't realize he also made wax figurines
1: the <laughs> wax whittler yeah
0: that's why he hasn't Whittled. made any custom caskets in a while he's been busy with his <laughs> new wax
1: <hobby>. yeah <laughs> wax melting <laughs> wax whittling so yeah but um and you know just to follow the <clears throat> character that we've come to know now heidenreich is going to be scared and leave to the crowd. And they're bombarding him with rest in peace chants, which is pretty cool. So, again, scurrying away with his tail between his legs, and uh, there he goes. So pretty easy working night for these two guys.
0: <laughs> it is, man. It's classic Undertaker build up here as we head into the Go Home show on January 27th, 2004. Heidenreich is going to do all the work here on this night as well. As he comes out and tells the crowd to shut up, because we get another poem by Heidenreich. And this one gets the mood lighting and everything, man. Uh, as he... Oh, yeah, it does.
1: It's pretty neat, though. I like that.
0: And he's, of course, in his full wrestling gear to read his poem. Mm. He starts it out. Uh, it says the first line of it. And then... This part is terrible. Uh, Heidenreich sees something out in the distance. And he heads out in the crowd and... In the front row, this is the most obvious plant I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. Some dude with this elaborate sign that's (laughs) shaped like a casket and has Heidenreich's face taped inside of it. It's the only guy standing up in the crowd in that area. He's got like a light on him as Heidenreich goes to him and... I swear to God, this must have been Heinrich's idea. Like, this is oh, so bad yeah, that he, you know he wants to come up with this. And he grabs the sign and rips it apart before he heads back. Well, he the headbutts opera.
1: it first. No, he, he headbutts heads the, the sign. He headbutts
0: the sign.
1: <laughs> and then course. he, yeah, rips it apart and then goes back
0: in the ring. Like the fact that he
1: headbutted it, I was like, oh, my word, dude.
0: Well, he takes us to the poetry corner yet again. <sighs> Says, the war has been waged and the battles have begun. All the pain and suffering, so much fun. The lines are clearly drawn as the Royal Rumble grows so near. Heinrich is set to face his greatest fear. The Undertaker in the casket, the odds don't seem so fair. But odds don't really matter to the madman with blonde hair. <laughs> 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 the only thing that matters is where I refuse to go. Inside of our casket. Row, no, row. No, 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 no. And at that point, Heinrich begins foaming at the mouth. Contracted <laughs> rabies. I kid week. you not. I'm not making that up.
1: Oh man! But you know what? That explains why the lights were down low, so we couldn't see him pop his little foam pill or whatever.
0: alka saltzer in his mouth.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude. He starts foaming at the mouth. That's the first time <laughs> we've seen that here on Talking
0: Tanker. It's, it's taken
1: 108 episodes to get us to someone being coming rabid. And foaming at the mouth
0: he clearly needs to be back in the institution man. exactly he <laughs> needs some help he needs
1: yeah this is not this is not well he's and, not well
0: and that's how we get to the Royal Rumble <laughs> <laughs> with Heidenreich foaming at
1: the mouth there's <laughs> no taker signing or anything
0: nope, that's i I'm buying that pay-per-view man <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you see man he made him he made him foam at the mouth I gotta see how this ends
0: here's my like, 40 bucks
1: Right. People definitely weren't showing out just for this match, you know. That was not selling any tickets to this show. <laughs> Maybe that's how they, why they had to add to the casket because I was like uh, – Oh, yeah.
0: We've okay. got to have something here.
1: This is something else. Well, buddy, that's going to take us to Royal Rumble 2005, uh, January 30th, 05 from the Save Mart Arena in – where are we?
0: Uh, Fresno, California.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> A little throwback to JBL, out there. <laughs> A little <laughs> Fresno, California. So – yeah, um, dude, great theme song here Find The Real by Alter Bridge Talk about good songs and good wrestling songs Any Alter Bridge song uh, They were always a good uh, They were always a huge fan of them back in the day so Oh yeah I love these guys back then too I saw them in concert shortly after this and I don't think they I knew
0: that
1: Blew my song Man, me, Todd, and Kevin uh, went song Nice So, Yeah, it, it was, was a good? blast, man It was in Atlanta Yeah, it was a blast So, really, really good Are oh, they, yeah.
0: Do they still play?
1: Yeah, it just in fact, their new album comes out in, in October of this year, oh, I think. So I haven't watched much since their second album, but they're a little getting a little too hard for me, a little too metal. But anyway, they were definitely, um, you know, out of the. We talked about Creed on here and out of the ashes of Creed. Sure. Rose of Phoenix, you know, out of their own prison and reshaped by human clay and how they've been weathered and they've become altered. <laughs> uh,
0: folks, that was. <laughs> totally off the dome with Travis he did not have that in his notes it just came naturally out of him. I'll take
1: a minute (laughs) I'll go sit time out
0: now what was the the first Alter Bridge album with um, what was like the main single off of it Uh, Open Your Eyes and then
1: Metalingus which was Edge's theme song and then this one Find The Real Open Uh, Your
0: Eyes man. I I had that album I listened to that one uh, a lot
1: yeah, That's the album that this, this song is from, so yeah, great, great song, great album, uh, good stuff. And like I said, they were around for quite a while. And when WWE, they would do all kinds of stuff. I remember one time they were sitting backstage, yeah, just they were like on the show, yeah. chilling there, so yeah, but anyway, cool anyway.
0: set for this pay per view as well. Yeah. This was that whole uh, West Side Story theme they kind of had on the poster, and uh, that's what the set design was really giant. Set looks like a, um, a big, big. I don't know. The street corner and bridge over it and fencing and the cityscape backdrop. Just really, really neat. Uh, Really, probably the best set we've seen in a a while on here.
1: Probably since Mania last year,
0: yeah. Yeah. That's it. Very cool. And uh, this one is going to go on second on the card uh after yeah uh, tough act to follow they got edge and Shawn michaels in a match that i kind of forgot it ever happened but uh yeah pretty neat to see those guys going at it during this time period yeah good luck kids good luck following that <laughs> like you gotta follow edge and hbk
1: yeah. wrestling for 20 minutes with a casket match with heiden right <laughs>
0: And plus, uh, they got to follow as classic segment where Eddie Guerrero steals Ric Flair's number for the Royal Rumble. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That cracked me up still watching oh, it. Oh, yeah. But uh, we do see so a little backstage segment with Snitsky and Heidenreich before the match, sort of a callback to Survivor Series and their little meat cute uh, back then. And uh, Heidi is uh, moaning and groaning backstage about how much he hates caskets. And. Snitsky interrupts and finds him and says, I don't like them either, but I like you, John. And John says, I like you, Gene. Not Eugene, okay. you, Gene, but like you kind of like Gene.
1: Yeah. Gene, yeah. He Nobody likes you, Gene.
0: <laughs> he says, I still hate caskets. And Snitsky says, Well, I have an idea. And then Heinrich says, That sounds good. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> He doesn't need to know the idea. Yeah. just oh, that you have an, have idea? an idea. Sweet, Sounds good. Yeah. I've never had one of those before. I'm
1: down. Like, that's a brother probably. He's he's with him <laughs> to the end. Like the fact that you have an idea, I'm down with that. Like, let's do it. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't ask questions. He's just there, man. We'll go wherever so. you will go. <laughs> the calling. <laughs> oh man, exactly. So yeah, there you go. We get that's the second meet cute between these two guys and. Uh, Whew, it was not cute. It was a lot of meat, though. That's for <laughs> it sure. It was a lot of meat. <laughs> <laughs> well, Taz and Michael Cole are gonna be on commentary for this match again. It's a SmackDown match, and we get a recap uh, video from the last three months of build-up. And that I think that poem that you just covered on that last SmackDown is the voiceover to this one, the one where he's foaming at the mouth. So yeah, um, and
0: Michael Cole does assure us on commentary that there will be no poetry here tonight, folks.
1: No, oh, thank God. <laughs> <Yeah>. Thank goodness. <laughs> Well, it's hard to read poetry after you've foamed at the mouth, so. Yeah. Yes. So. Um, and we got that those Latin chants bringing up uh, about four druids and one of them is Kenzo Suzuki. I hate speaking to, to him. As you can tell <laughs> a mile away. This Kenzo Suzuki. That's great. <laughs> There's like three of them had their heads down and one just looking straight at. Him. Like I feel like he did not get the memo just cuz of the language barrier there, you know? Like I, I really don't think that he understood what he was supposed to do.
0: One did i send you yeah. did i send you that clip i think it's from mania this year it's from one of the 24 behind the scenes shows they have on the network it's randy orton i, I forget who he's talking to some of the production people oh, yes. He's <laughs> he's asking if he can be one of undertaker's druids yeah. tonight <laughs> he's talking to like uh, i don't, I don't, I don't want to say like tyler breeze or something who is going to be one of the druids like yeah somebody who's not on the car and randy's like That'd be funny if I could be one of the Druids, yeah. and like one of the PAs gets on the walkie-talkies like, a- actually asking if Randy can be yeah. a Druid tonight, and Randy just looks <laughs> at the camera and is like, no. No. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty funny. It's funny uh, uh, if you can find it. I don't know which special it's on, but yeah, it's, go check it out.
1: I can't, I can't remember which one, but yeah, it was pretty good, man. It was funny. So, Oh, man. Well, anyway, like I said, the Ren Druids come out, will the casket down to the ring, and... Commentary talk about how eerie and creepy this type of match is, um, and then Cole says this is going to be a, <clears throat> a violent matchup with absolutely no rules involved. So there are definitely a couple there's, rules.
0: definitely some rules for sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, not not a lot of violence in a casket match. Just um, just pretty much putting the guy in the <laughs> casket and closing it,
0: rolling him in and popping back out.
1: Yeah, so I do like the R.I.P. Hide and Mike signs. Again, anytime oh, yeah, you get man. a casket match, you're gonna get gravestones and stuff in the audience. So really, really cool.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt Undertaker's still over here, and people want to see him put this guy to, to to rest here. And hey, I mean it's it's the Royal Rumble. It's the time for casket matches. He is. Uh, <laughs> takes the season. Unfortunately, he is zero and two in casket matches at the Rumble heading into this yeah. one. Had some pretty pretty tough losses in <laughs> those casket matches. Got. uh was murdered in 1994 and rose uh, into yeah, the ceiling the was yeah. gone for a year and then was burned alive by his brother Kane No, <laughs> in 1998 so rough yeah surprising. he wanted to have another casket match of the rumble but <laughs> here we are oh
1: uh, yeah here we are exactly and um <clears> hayden <throat> Heiden, hayden reich his music's gonna hit and He's gonna come out and he walks right past the druids as they're walking back to the <laughs> to the entranceway. So, cool. a little bit of a misstep there, but it's okay. But um, he's all wide eyed and eyeballing the casket, and um, he gets on a different side of the ring away from the casket when he gets in. So I I will say this as much as we're crapping on him, he does do that part well, and it may be because, like you said, he's literally afraid of them. So
0: <laughs> oh yeah, man, we we can't praise his in ring skill, but I tell you what, man. He is selling the fear in his eyes and his reactions. He never really drops that, like during yeah. this whole match, this whole night. So he, he's into that character, if nothing else. Which is which is more than you can say for for some guys. Sure, sure, absolutely. <laughs> sure. Okay. No I, mean, no, I agree. I mean, yeah,
1: I had nothing else to add to that. So. Yeah. Um, well, then Taker's gonna make his epic entrance there, and it's <clears throat> again, it's just fantastic to see again especially with the cool set there and everything so and uh, I think this is his first casket match uh, since May of 99 when he defeated the Rock yeah if I'm not mistaken is that the one where that's the one where Triple H uh, went nuts on that casket right and just started beating the crap out of Rock in there it's
0: the first time he used the sledgehammer so
1: sledgehammer yeah
0: Undertaker's responsible for the sledgehammer
1: exactly as we talked about yeah so yeah first casket match in you know almost six years now so Anyway, but, uh, again, commentary is putting over Heidenreich's, um, you know, fear of the casket and not Taker. He's not afraid of Undertaker. He's afraid of the casket. So make sure we get that thread going through here. Of
0: course. Well, the match kicks off uh, in not-so-typical Undertaker fashion, (laughs) Starts out with a side headlock on Heidenreich. <laughs> but it's kind of part of the storyline as he uses the headlock and like slowly drags Heidenreich toward yeah. the casket to uh, either put him in or just, as Michael Cole says, he's just trying to intimidate him and get him closer to the casket, psych him out, uh, get that psychological advantage, and then Undertaker kind of locks in the arm bar and does a similar thing and just drags Heidenreich toward the casket.
1: Yeah, just, you know. Like a big brother would tease you or something, you know, like if you're scared of something, your big brother's going to try and do that, you know, put you in front of it or whatever it is. So kind of just psyching him out. And, and then Tag is going to actually start wrestling here. hit a shoulder block and uh, hit a hip toss to Heidenreich and then um, hit a arm drag too. Again, he's been doing lots of arm drags recently. So I guess he's been studying up Jericho's thousand and four holds <laughs> from back in the day and Dude, going he, with the arm drag. He's
0: always adding to his arsenal, man. Every time. He is. He is. Uh, Heidenreich ends up knocking Undertaker down after a couple of shoulder blocks, but Undertaker retaliates uh, with another move. We've seen him dust off a few times, but still rarely seen. The single leg crab, Canadian maple leaf, man. I always enjoy when he busts that out.
1: Oh, yeah. And Heidenreich is going to try to get out of this by pulling himself toward the ropes, and he actually pulls himself under the bottom rope and up the aisle. So, again, because there's no rope breaks here, so I do appreciate he pulls himself out. But then, because he's so green, he just forgets to sell the leg, and he just stands <laughs> yeah. up like he's got no issue on it. So, And that's going to be a theme throughout this match, that uh, his attention to detail. Although, nowadays, in 2019, doesn't matter. Brock Lesnar can beat you from pillar to post for two weeks straight, and then you can beat him at SummerSlam and not sell it. So it's okay. That's yeah. true. It's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. I guess that's why I didn't notice it as much, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, anyway. They keep the fight going outside, and Heidenreich... Uh, Undertaker follows Heidenreich out and uh, Undertaker tries to Irish whip Heidenreich into the casket, but um, uh, Heidenreich reverses and um, as Undertaker flies into it, Cole goes into hyperbole mode and says, that casket must weigh over 500 pounds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as Undertaker dents it as he's <laughs> running into it. Yeah, it's clearly <laughs> like <laughs> aluminum. <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> 500
1: pounds. Oh, anyway. Well, then, in another bit of kind of lapsed judgment, again, because Heidenreich is, you know, he's he's new. And uh, he's slamming Taker's head off the casket and putting his hand on it himself, like which, again, you know, his biggest fear is a casket. But, yeah, he's just going to touch it here. And Taz tries to cover for it because, like, Taz, God bless him, he's doing his best during this whole match. You cover for these little slip-ups, and he's like, you know – He's getting over his fear. He's getting over his fear here. The casket. And I was like, no, he's he's green as the grass. So, sorry. But anyway, yeah. I'll go with it. We'll, yeah, I'll, I'll back off. <laughs> You'll buy let, into let's it. i go with it. Yeah. <laughs> not really, but for the sake of not it sound like a Mino, I'll go with it. So.
0: Well, he gets over his fear of the Undertaker and starts throwing hands with him in the corner, man. Uh, and it's using, it's pretty much his main <laughs> offensive move, his punches here yeah uh, and uh, knocks taker down all the way to the ground with his punches and just keeps yelling it's my world it's my world like he's sid vicious
1: <laughs> yeah. it's like a sid man oh well then they're in the they, they make their way to the turnbuckle and taker switches into to these punches and tries to get a triangle choke on the top rope Oh, but it doesn't really work out. I, mean, I don't know whose fault it is, but it is is—it is one of the most awkward things like to see them try this because like, Taker doesn't want to give up on it because it's supposed to be a cool spot, but like, Hyde Mike is not really in the right place. I don't know. And then they wind up like sliding down to the mat, and Taker locks it on anyway. And then the crowd starts booing, and I think they're booing what's <laughs> happening in the ring, it turns out. They're booing a surprise entrant in here.
0: No, Snitsky comes in to interfere. <laughs> Was that um, his music? <laughs> I think that's how it started. <laughs> Snitsky. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Michael Cole is appalled at this because... Yeah. That's Gene Snitsky. He's for long. This is a Smackdown issue.
1: Said he had a- you got to be
0: kidding me! Good yeah. heavens! How <laughs> dare he interrupt a SmackDown issue! <laughs> well, keep in mind,
1: this is the Royal Rumble where 15 guys from Raw <laughs> are going to compete with 15 guys from SmackDown in the main event, so I think it's okay, Cole. And oh, man.
0: Sanctity for the brand split, man. You can't interrupt <laughs> yeah. a SmackDown issue. Exactly. And then he oh. wonders, do you think this was the plan Snitsky was referring to earlier? <laughs> you think? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he is – oh, man. Yeah, if you need to be spoon-fed storytelling, you got Michael Cole there for you. So. Yeah, he is there for you. Well, in in the, a funny bit of, like, <clears throat> foreshadowing, as uh, he – so since he gets in the ring and starts booting Taker and clotheslining, and the crowd's just going, Kane, 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 which, again, I've heard the story of Edge tell that he wishes his name was two syllables because it's hard for the crowd to chant a one-syllable name, so – Cain is kind of tough to chant, and so is Edge. But Cain, uh, Kane, Kane, Kane. But um, anyway, kind of neat there. But uh, I'm gonna dub this team Snitzkin Reich. So. All right, rolls gonna, off the tongue. Gonna... <laughs> That's great, Snit, Skin, Reich. That'd be a great theme song. Is
0: that something you order at the German restaurant?
1: Yeah, I'll have the uh, Snitzkin Reich with the uh, sauerkraut, please. <laughs> That's right, and the German mashed potatoes.
0: <laughs> oh man, well. The crowd's going to get what they want here as uh, they uh, do their double team, hit a hit a double suplex and some elbows on Undertaker, and then they start dragging Undertaker with their backs toward the casket, and I yes. think Snitsky motions towards the refs to open the casket up, and it's the spot that works every time, dude. Uh, we got a surprise in the casket.
1: Oh yeah, Kane pops out of the casket too—an enormous oh, pop. Oh
0: my God! You would have thought <laughs> yeah. Hulk Hogan just slammed onto the <laughs> giant man when Kane popped out of his casket. It was epic. Oh.
1: Fresno loved this man. They love some Kane popping out because, again, that's what they've been chanting. That's what they wanted, man. They wanted that. And you, just, like, yeah, this is like the second coming of Hulk Hogan and Andre again. Like you said, man, it's just he's. He could do no wrong here Kane could. So I
0: mean, and realistically, these guys have not been together since like 2001, like the early days mm, yeah. of 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 the uh the alliance and that sort of stuff. were the tag team yeah. partners and they feuded uh, a year ago. So they have not been together as brothers of destruction here in a long long time. So that's that's part of the hype here too.
1: Exactly. It is cuz we're getting the old like bros destruction as the dead man too you know we right. I mean, haven't seen that in a long time so um yeah it's cool man and uh kane comes in there and behind both the heels and starts taking both of them out The
0: house of fire <laughs> oh yeah he
1: sends both of them out of the ring like over the top rope and starts beating snitsky to the crowd to the ladder of fresno man they are just like said, they are loving what's happening right now so
0: Yeah, I got into it, man. I was into it. I love this part, yeah. (laughs) This part only. (laughs) Well, Heidenreich, uh, despite the distraction, he kind of takes advantage uh, of things here, and um, he gets over his fear and starts to roll the casket away from the ring, I guess, because it seemed like, well, maybe he's just going to push it away so he can't have to get into it later on. It, It doesn't really make a lot of sense at first, but you'll see why. He's doing it here uh, after a minute. And Undertaker kind of wakes up in the ring and heads out, slams Heidenreich into the casket, but Heidenreich ends up reversing another Irish rip and sending him into the ring steps.
1: Yeah, like Nick Foley style, just over the over the steps. And Heidenreich is then going to go pull up those ringside mats to expose the concrete. And you're thinking, I don't know, what's he going to do? Like, is he going to pile drive him on there? or I don't know, whatever. You have no idea what this crazy guy is going to do, but... He winds up uh, punching, uh, excuse me, punching Taker and grabbing the casket. And Taker is kind of leaning up against the apron at this point, and uh, Heidenreich Reich ends a move that I don't think we've seen in any of these casket matches. He's going to like push the casket uh, into Undertaker. You know, that's why he pulled the exposed the concrete so he could shove it right into him. And so. Um, I'll be honest with you. It didn't look very devastating, but I do like the concept of it, man. It was a really cool spot. I do like the spot. So.
0: Yeah, I think it could have looked better, but I thought it was cool. I just thought it was unique and yeah, uh, something different. Yeah, I, I did like it. Um, and, yeah, maybe they shot it from the wrong angle. Uh, maybe if they shot it differently, you know, they could have hid the fact that he didn't really hit him all that hard, but uh, it's a good idea.
1: Yeah, it was a good idea. I do I mean good on them for whoever called that spot taker probably. Like good on them for doing something different here, you know? So, um I do like that. And then at this point though, there's a, there's a phenomenal sign. I just this is probably the best sign we've seen in the crowd in hundred and eight episodes. And it's just as it because Heidenreich after he smashes the casket and Taker, he starts trying to lock on his Cobra Clutch Million Dollar Dream. And I say trying because he is trying very hard and i don't know if he just forgets which arm goes where or what but it is bless his heart man like it honestly made me like feel for him because he was <laughs> like he really like he really didn't know how to lock this move on but as he's doing that there's a sign right behind his head that says Reich is an idiot <laughs> you can't make this stuff up people you can't dude it was a impeccable timing for Let's that thing and to hold that up and <laughs> Kevin Dunn to get
0: that shot on the screen. It was great. Whoa. <laughs> oh. Well, then we get actually a really cool spot here. Uh, better than the one we just talked about, even that I don't think we've ever seen before is um, Heinrich rolls, take her into the casket and we get the little near fall where he goes to shut the lid. But Undertaker gets an arm out and starts throwing hands at Heinrich, drags him into the casket then he sandwiches Heidenreich halfway in the casket, halfway on the ring apron, and goes yeah. for his apron offense and drops the leg on top of the casket, sandwiching Heidenreich into the casket, and actually gets like a little bit of a holy bleep chant yeah. from the crowd. Uh, and I just, I thought that was awesome. Great innovation I, I, there from yeah. Undertaker.
1: I like that spot. It looked like it was like hurt him. Like, it probably honestly, hurt both like of I don't them. know how you yeah. can, yeah. I don't know how you can fake that, you know. So those are definitely a cool looking thing. And um, again, we talk about in this, in on this show, like you got to let these spots breathe, and you got to sell them when they don't mean anything, you know. Um, well, showing how green he is, hiding right, just gets up, forgets to sell anything that just happened and winds up button taker so <laughs> it's like he just dropped his casket and, and like leg dropped it on your head and then taz again covering for him says well i was going to say he's on goofy street but i guess not i think he just calls out the fact that he's you're killing me man i can't
0: tell the story he like, lives on goofy street yeah. kid.
1: <laughs> but um yeah but anyway i do i did like that spot i just wish heidenreich could have sold it better and then yeah. He hits a boss man slam. Maybe I don't really like. He goes for it, but commentary's not quite sure if he did the move or if Taker did the move. It was a little bit slop droppy, and uh, but anyway, he's gonna cover. They're gonna cover Taker for a pinfall there, and commentary <laughs> again just go, "You can't
0: do that." <laughs> <laughs> but that—that that was part of it. that was supposed to happen, though. That like they do those spots in these matches sometimes. You think so? Yeah, I do. I do. I think I, that was part of it. Because like they'll think do so. that. I've seen they do that in a Royal Rumble sometimes, or in like they they book those. It never. It's dumb, but I think I think that was part
1: oh. of it. I beg to differ. I don't think... I think he sucks so bad, he just forgot. I think so. Or unless he's just really good, and he's selling that brain injury from the leg drop earlier. Let's go with that. Let's spin this. All right. there we go.
0: Well, I'll defend Heidenreich on that one, but not what's coming up after this. Heidenreich tries to roll Taker in the casket again, but Undertaker goozles him this time, and they throw hands, and Taker gets the advantage. Taker nails the running DDT, goes for the choke slam again and oh, this choke slam was Hulk Hogan Judgment Day 02 <laughs> level, dude. Highnagger <Heidenberg laughs> is gassed and just barely gets off his feet for this one, man. Oh,
1: uh, that's what I'm telling. You. I think that pinfall was for a shoot. And because uh. I think that he's so loose, I think he's gassed and he's loopy, man, cuz yeah, this choke slam was like you said, it was rotten, man. It was rotten.
0: Well, Taker has to muscle him up for the Tombstone, too. Uh, He can barely get up for that. But he opens the casket, shoves Heidenreich in, and slams the lid down to win his first ever Royal Rumble casket match and bury Heidenreich deeper than the University of Tennessee football team. (laughs) Yeah, man. only took 13 minutes and 20 seconds to
1: bury this guy. So, um anyway uh yeah and jimmy Corderis and charles robinson are going to wheel the casket away quickly i guess just to g- get this piece of trash out of here i don't know just getting them out so they wheel them away and taker's going to do the shakespeare pose under the purple lights in there and as we get a replay here and uh he's gonna you know do his classic pose there like you said he's celebrating his first royal rumble casket match victory so good for him It only totally took him uh what eleven years? It's the first one. <laughs> yeah.
0: Not too bad there. Congratulations, Undertaker. But uh, I know you're going to disagree with me, man. But I, honestly, as I was watching it, it was, I was surprisingly entertained by things. It was not that long. The uh, whole Kane stuff in the middle, I thought, was really fun. And um, Heinrich's offense was terrible. Like I'm not going to argue with you on that. But for me. It was enough, like, smoke and mirrors, and Undertaker was just good enough to hold Heidenreich's hand through it that I'm not going to put it in my top ten or anything, but I didn't hate it.
1: Yep. All right.
0: (laughs) Does that make me crazy? Probably.
1: (laughs) Uh, But uh, I didn't like any of this, except for the Kane stuff. I mean, I didn't like... I don't know. I just There's so many lapses in judgment and like I said, just having to hear commentary constantly try to cover for his mistakes was just so sad. Um, it's just, I don't know. That's what a good commentary would do though. They try to fill in the gaps and um, I don't know, just seeing him touch the casket that he's deathly afraid of and then seeing him not sell the head smash thing and then like I said, the pinfall, maybe it was supposed to be, maybe I just got caught up in it but I think it was still, he forgot and then uh, seeing the I don't know, just the bad choke slam and all that, and the boss man slam that went kind of awry. It just it was just too much sloppiness for me to enjoy. So, I appreciate Taker's win here. I appreciate him trying with this big lug, but uh, I'm ready to put this wrestle crap to bed and move on to something else. So,
0: well, brother, well, it, it ain't gonna get better next month. <laughs> well, you're right, but it could have gotten worse
1: because depending on who you believe and i was reading some uh old dirt sheets from back then and um allegedly the story was going to be and the storyline was going to be wrestlemania 21 we were going to get Snitskin reich versus the brothers of destruction so that was allegedly where we were headed you know um things really i know wrestlemania did change because i do remember the scuttlebutt back then too being that um I guess in the fall of 2004, it was supposed to be building toward Randy Orton and Triple H at Mania, mm. but then that Orton thing kind of fizzled out, and right. then they went ahead and dropped a title, and then they had Batista win the Rumble yeah. and do him and Triple H. So, and then, because as we're going to see, Triple Randy Orton's going to suddenly switch to a heel, and we're going to get him and take her, you know. So they really reshuffled WrestleMania at the beginning part of 05 um, here, and allegedly we were going to get this tag team match playa. So, um... Thank God we didn't, and we got a, a match that I'm a, I am looking forward to. But in the meantime, we got to have a speed bump next week.
0: <laughs> well, I'm not going to say that we should have gotten that tag match instead, but I do think, and it does make me kind of sad that the Brothers of Destruction never had a WrestleMania match. Never yeah, never no. had a tag team match. And this would have, storyline It would have made sense. It would no, have yeah. made sense, and absolutely would have been an easy victory for Undertaker and Kane. Sure. I don't know. I'm sure Taker and Orton, uh, you know, we'll cover it here in a a couple weeks, but I'm sure that's going to wind up being a much, much better match, but uh, especially as hot as they were on this night and how how much the crowd was into it, man, Oh yeah, it is kind of a shame that they never got to do that at WrestleMania, and who knows? You're right. Both their careers are not over. Uh, It it may not not be as crisp as it would have been back in the day, but we, we still may see that one time um and
1: they could they could bring Snitsky and Heidenreich right back right now (laughs) and do it Mania next year and it'd be just as good as it would have been in 2005 It
0: wouldn't wouldn't be much worse but um (laughs) does talk about that a little bit on that shoot interview and says um he doesn't know for sure but he he definitely felt like that's what uh the plans were originally and he says that's like his big regret is they didn't get to he he never worked at WrestleMania in a, in a singles match. I think he was in a battle royal or two, but mm-hmm. he, he set up, bummed him out, and he, he thought him and Undertaker could have could have stole the show. Um, I don't know about <clears throat> that, but you know he's confident in himself. Yeah, man, you gotta have that. Yeah, but he does that. if you don't get that, in the business
1: to be the world champ, and don't get in the business. That's, you know, right. that's What Austin always says.
0: He says he loved uh, working with Snitsky, too, and they were just like two kids, basically two psychopathic kids, uh, <laughs> like child's brains. I was like, well, yeah, that pretty there much describes go. what y'all were doing. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, what might have been. I think what you just said about the switch between Orton and Triple H to Triple H and Batista, I think that's what how we do wind up behind the scenes with Orton and Taker up against mm-hmm. each other in that historic match, but... Hold on to your horses, folks, because before we get there, we're going to keep this train rolling, rolling, rolling on to the last ride and cover one of those matches where where you look through the spreadsheet and and you see it come up and you're like, "Huh?" Because (laughs) (laughs) the Undertaker is going to wrestle on pay-per-view the man known as Horseshoe, (laughs)
1: Luther
0: Reigns.
1: Roman Reigns. Oh, dang it. Luther.
0: Yeah, his long lost cousin.
1: Man. Yeah, we could never get an Eddie Guerrero singles match.
0: No. (laughs) But we got Luther Reigns. Oliver Twist himself.
1: Oh, yeah, we'll get into all that next week. So it's only going to be about a 15 minute episode. So, guys, (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: that's all right. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. You know. Uh, well, we want to hear your feedback on this one before we get to that one, so hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Let us know, man. Do you agree with me? Do you agree with Travis? Did you hate it? Was it the worst? Was it not that bad? Did you kind of almost like it a little bit? Hit us up. We'll probably put a poll up for this one uh, for when we have one of our rare disagreements here on the show.
1: Yeah, I'd uh, love to call this the uh, first ever Dounce Retire Match at yeah, rumble Rumble. So
0: we'll put that up there. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Leave us a comment on social media or on any of our podcasting services. You know, leave a podcast on – leave a comment on the podcast episode. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Uh, You know, it just takes a minute, and it does a lot to help us out in getting the show – you know, spreading the word about it, getting it out there, getting it – I don't even know what word I'm going for here, but – Anything you can do, and we do appreciate it. Any of you out there who spread the word about the podcast, who share it, who like it, who retweet it, who leave a comment, and do all that good stuff, we really, really do greatly appreciate it. And of course, you can always show your appreciation at the T Public store by picking up a Talking Taker T-shirt. We got all the different designs on there. You can get them in a sweatshirt or a hoodie. You know, it's, it's the fall now, so cool air's coming. You can. Bundle up in your King of Gong style long sleeve Ooh, tee yeah. or, or hat or any of that good stuff. Get a get a uh, I'm a Biker Tanker guy mug and warm up your hot chocolate in that as you uh, watch along with us. Uh, no way out 2005 next week. Ooh, and uh, yeah, 2005 man, we're here, Travis. We're We're 15 years into The Undertaker's career now. We're we're basically halfway through it as far as the years go. I don't know where we are in the match count, but we're basically 15 years in, man. It's it's crazy that we've come this far, and I I think we've got to, now that we're kind of on the downhill slope, hard to believe that we've gotten to this point, but... Isn't that weird? I I think it's time. I I think it's time to start really opening up the invitation to the seat of the barbecue, The Undertaker himself, man. I've got an empty seat right next to me at my podcast table. The invitation is there, Dead Man. Whenever you're ready to come chat about your legendary, epic career with us two guys for you know minimum twelve hours, and (laughs) we will buy you at least one plate of barbecue to do so. Absolutely, we're ready to talk, man. The invitation is out there, and Travis. That's we're going to finish this whole career, but. It's got to be our goal, man. we gotta we got to put it out in the universe and say we want to interview The Undertaker, have him as a guest on our podcast. Some way, somehow. We'll travel to Death Valley. We'll do what it takes, man. But uh, we, oh, yeah. we believe. We're going to start dreaming about it and start making it, start working to make it happen.
1: Make it happen. You and the captain, make it happen. Yeah, we'll fly out there. We'll fly you here. Wh- whatever. We don't care. We're, it's not Starcast, so you don't have to be pulled by WWE or anything. That's right. so <laughs> they don't mind. So WWE's anyway. starting
0: a podcast network, man. You know, i hey, I'll, I'll show true. for WWE.
1: That's true. I'd be happy to. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't Bother me at all. So anyway, yeah, no doubt. We'll have some Schmidt's uh Schmitz barbecue. What's it called? Schmidt's family barbecue? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, I was thinking of Schlitz malt. <laughs> 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 anyway, yeah. Schmidt's barbecue, we'll have that and uh buy uh, buy you one one round of uh, uh brisket. And we'll sit down and talk for 12 hours about your career. That's it. Go through every match with you, <laughs> piece by piece. So, anyway, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you were there at the save, save a Lot, no, Save Mart uh, Arena, and uh, where were we? Fresno. Oh, Fresno. If you were there at Royal Rumble 2005, what a, what a classic ending. We have not even about that. What an ending of oh, the show. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, just talk about, like, pooh there's an accidental ending with uh, both of them going over the top rope, and then Vince coming out and literally tearing both his quads and somehow manning up and walking to the back. But seeing him on his butt pointing up at those two guys barking orders was yeah, it's so surreal, man. Yeah. But anyway, if you were there, what did you think? What did you think about this match going on second, um, the dumpster fire match from hell? Um, what did you think about that? Uh, anyway, what's your what are your thoughts on John Heidenreich? If you were there, let us know. Yeah. Um, if you were there if you even if you weren't there let us know what are your thoughts on John Heidenreich and um, how far he's come or how far he did come and what he got to interact with the, the Undertaker here so anyway ladies and gentlemen uh, enjoy this episode because next week is going to be something else so uh, take it easy